0: This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hey everyone, I'm Lauren Macias with Look West. Over the past several months, three new faces have joined the Democratic caucus. Two are from SoCal and the other is from the East Bay. On this episode, you'll get a chance to hear who they are, what they want to accomplish while in the Assembly, and if they believe other states should continue to look West to California on important issues. Let's meet assembly members, Isaac Bryan, Dr. Akila Weber, and Mia Bonta in their own words.
1: Hi, I'm assembly member Isaac Bryan from California's 54th assembly district. I represent nearly 500,000 people in Los Angeles County living between Culver City, Baldwin Hills, Cheviot Hills, Crenshaw, Century City, Ladera Heights, Westwood, West LA, Mar Vista, Palms, Uh, I've got UCLA, uh, and, and, and a number of other incredible uh, features in my district. I'm very, very proud to represent the 54. I grew up in a family of 15 as, as one of nine adopted children. Uh, my family did foster care for over two decades, and I grew up with hundreds of foster siblings and eventually was adopted myself. Uh, we moved all over the country and uh, to some degree all over the state, all in Southern California. I went to 11 learning institutions by the time I made it to UCLA for my master's in public policy. Ever since then, the 54th has been a home that I chose for myself and I often say that the 54th Assembly District adopted me, which is a very personal connection I have to, to this community in the same way I have with my family. The 54th, in my mind, is the most incredible Assembly District in all of the state of California. You've got the number one public institution uh, for higher learning anywhere in the country in UCLA. Uh, there's no greater feeling than walking up Jan steps. Uh, I have a great Dane. His name is Darius. He's a 150 pounds, just over a year old, and he and I we walk the UCLA campus together and just have a good old time. He's a, he's a great campaigner as well. He uh, <laughs> so we we go to dog parks all across the district, uh, and it's one of our favorite things to do. Well, so I don't have a a part of the district that I don't like. Everywhere is different. Uh, everywhere is cultured, and and it provides what I would call a microcosm for the entire state of California. I got into politics a lot earlier than I realized it. Uh, when, when you've been touched by the child welfare system uh, and you've you've fallen through education gaps to a certain degree, I failed out of middle school. Uh, I went to three high schools and and I was a struggling student. I have a number of siblings who got caught up in the school to prison pipeline, uh, siblings who are unhoused currently, siblings who are incarcerated. Uh, of the nine adopted children in my family, I'm the only one uh, to attain higher education and, and certainly the only one to have a graduate degree in. There were just a number of moments in my life where I realized that our systems could be better designed uh, and that in some instances, our our public serving institutions uh, seem to only serve a select few uh, and not those who need the resources the most. And having that frame of mind led to my scholarship. It's why I studied sociology and political science. It's why I got a master's in public policy. Um, And then I started to organize in the community. And I worked for a few elected officials from Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti uh, to others and and it was in that time where I realized that if you really want to make change, um, you can organize and advocate to elected officials, but it's much more effective to just be one. You know, I've already done a few things that I'm incredibly proud of. We brought five million dollars to found the UCLA Institute on Reproductive Health Law and Policy at the UCLA Law School before we knew uh, the actions that the Supreme Court was going to take, the actions that Texas was going to take. So we've primed California to be a thought leader and thinking about how we Uh, protect the reproductive freedoms that have been long fought and earned. We passed the decertification bill to establish a process to decertify law enforcement officers who have been fired from one department for wrongdoing or relieved of of duty from one department for wrongdoing, preventing them from being hired at another law enforcement agency in the state. Uh, I was able to author AB 1043 on on our sixth day in office, which is a housing bill that would establish the acutely low income housing category for those who are between zero to 15 percent of an area's median income. So we, we got busy early, but there's still a lot of work we've got to do. And so I'm thinking about the environmental justice that's got to happen in the 54th Assembly District, where we have the largest urban oil field that's uh, decreasing life expectancies and causing other public health uh, externalities for those who live close to it. I'm thinking about the achievement gaps in education, many of which I fell through as I was making my way through our public learning institutions. I'm thinking about uh, justice reform and the disproportionate investment that we have in our criminal legal system and in institutions of punishment instead of institutions of healing opportunity and harm reduction. Former Speaker of the Assembly, Herb Wesson, uh, he used to often say the winds of change blow from the West to the East in reference to the kind of work that we're doing here in California. Uh, Even if you look at the most recent crisis in the COVID-19 pandemic. We're the most vaccinated state uh, per capita anywhere in the country. We've gotten ahead of this, and I think we are on the turnaround, and it's a turnaround that literally the entire country is looking to, uh, and that's in no small part due to the leadership of Governor Gavin Newsom, but also the entire legislative body. We voted on many provisions to make sure that people stay safe, stay healthy, stay thriving. That being said, we're not leading on everything. You know, there's a few things uh, that we're leading on that we shouldn't be. Uh, we have uh, over 60,000 people who are unhoused in LA County, right? And LA County is 8% Black, um, but the people who are unhoused are over 40% Black. Uh, we have uh, uh, the largest incarcerated population anywhere in the country. And you can say that's by virtue of how many people are here, but that I don't think that that's a great argument because as a country, we have more people incarcerated than countries that are three, four, five times our population. So there are there are ways that um, we have set the standard for the rest of the country, and there are ways that we are fighting to set a new standard for the rest of the country, and I want to be a part of that fight. But by and large, I'm very, very proud of our state, uh, and I think the rest of the country is always looking to the innovation and the thoughtfulness coming out of
0: California. You may recognize the name of the new assembly member from San Diego. Dr. Akila Weber is now filling the seat left open when her mom, Dr. Shirley Weber, was appointed to be California Secretary of State.
2: Hello, my name is Dr. Kela Weber. I am the assembly member for the 79th assembly district. I represent parts of San Diego, parts of Chula Vista, parts of National City, all of Lemon Grove and all of La Mesa. What I love about the 79th is we are truly a very, very, very diverse uh, district. We, um, you do not find all of, of one um, political background, You don't find one ethnic background, Um, um, you know, and every city is different. So La Mesa is very different from Southeast San Diego. And Chula Vista is very, very different from areas in Bonita and National City. And in each of these areas, um, the small businesses that are there, the residents that are there have really made it unique. Um, And so every area in the 79th is is so beautiful because of its diversity. It's diversity in ethnic background, it's diversity in racial makeup, it's diversity in political makeup. And it's actually a representation of not only California, but America as a whole. Uh, we are a very diverse nation and you see that within the 79. Growing up, my parents instilled in us the importance of giving back, using your voice for those who uh, may not know how to use their own voice i am always being active. My mother was in politics. My father was very politically active. He was president of the local NAACP. He was very close friends with uh, past speaker, Willie Brown, very active politically. And so I understood the importance of politics. I never expected to go into politics myself because I saw all sides of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, However, having the Um, knowledge of the importance of making sure that everyone's voice is heard is how I ultimately ended up going into politics. If you're not at the table, this is something that people say, if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. And so that's true whether you're a minority, whether you're a female, whether you are in a profession like my own, a medical profession, which we usually do not go into politics for a variety of different reasons. But if you don't have someone there um, who understands and is able to advocate on your behalf, then you will never you know, get true laws and, and legislation that comes out that truly represents your needs. My mother is definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, I am very honored that I was given um, the opportunity for her to be my mother. She is not only my mentor in the realm of politics, but she's just my mentor in life. You know, people look at me and they say, I don't see how you, you know, you work a job, you've got kids, you still do community service. How are you able to do all of this stuff? And I tell them, well, that's what I grew up seeing. I grew up seeing a mother who worked, who had kids, who was still very active within the community. And so that's what I know. And so she is my mentor in politics. She's my mentor as a mother. Um, And I tell her all the time that she's my best friend and I'm hers, even if she doesn't want to admit it. My top priority is health, all things health-related. And one of the things that has become very clear within this pandemic deals with the issue of the social determinants of health. And that are all of the things that play into one's health that has absolutely nothing to do with what happens when you come into the doctor's office or you come into the operating room for having surgery. That deals with um, the environment in which you live in. Do you live in clean, Um, in a place that has, you know, open green spaces for you to go outside and exercise and breathe in clean air? Do you live in a food desert? So when we're talking about higher rates of obesity within certain um, racial and ethnic groups, when you start to look at the areas where they live, do they live in food deserts? Can they actually go and get the fresh fruits and vegetables that we as physicians tell them they need to do? Um, When you talk about um, education and the Um, the gap, the academic gap that you see is primarily in in black and brown students, that ultimately leads to what kind of jobs you can have in the future, what kind of health you'll be able to to have for yourself and your family in the future. In your community, do you even have access to healthcare facilities? We talk a lot about making sure that people have health insurance, which is extremely important. Health insurance is a basic human right. But the other right is to have access to a health facility. So if you've got to drive an hour to see a specialist and you don't have a car, then that's not access. And your insurance, it doesn't help that you have insurance if you can't actually get there. So looking at all of these, what we call social determinants of health, because that really truly plays much more of a role on the outcome, the health outcome of individuals and families is what I am very much focused on and what I will be tackling over these next years that I'm in the same day. California is still a leader and we still lead in the majority of things. You can look at the pandemic um, as a perfect example of that. So we were the first state to look at science, research data and figure out where we would be going in the pandemic and what we needed to do. Um, other states followed California in that in that aspect of shutting down early, wearing masks, um, vaccinations. We have the highest rate of vaccinations. So we still lead um, and we still need to lead in every aspect. So, as you know, the old saying, as California goes, so does the rest of the nation, that is still true. And you look at our legislation, whether it's health, whether it's criminal justice reform, whether it's jobs, whether it's the economy, we are still the leaders. And as um, state legislators, we need to make sure that we are putting forward um, laws and legislation that will continue to allow us
0: to lead in the future. The newest member of the Assembly Democratic Caucus also has a familiar name. Mia Bonta, after spending more than 20 years as an advocate for students and working families, won the special election to fill the seat left vacant when her husband, Rob Bonta, left the assembly and became California's attorney general.
3: Hi, I'm Mia Bonta, your new assembly member for the 18th district. I represent Oakland, Alameda, and San Leandro. So a little bit about where I grew up. I grew up in New York City. Uh, I moved 13 times in 16 years. Uh, one of those stops included living in Puerto Rico for a bit, where my family is from. Uh, in New York, I lived in every single borough except for uh, Staten Island, and uh, got to really be able to see the beauty of, of being a Boricua, being a part of New York City, being somebody who uh, treasured the liveliness and the vibrance of, of that city. Some of my favorite things in my district are things that remind me of where I grew up. There's so much of Oakland and even parts of Alameda and San Leandro that resonate t- with, for me. I've had the opportunity to go to beautiful parks and and kind of live in urban centers uh, and really have community members come together and do things like go to pickleball or play tennis uh, in some of our beautiful parks in Oakland, Uh, obviously wonderful places to hike, wonderful places to be a part of the center of, of so much culture and art and the history of of our district in Northern California with Oakland and Alameda and San Leandro. Uh, I have three children, and so we've had an opportunity to just experience the, the beauty of what it means to be in the Bay Area. There are a couple of restaurants that I absolutely love in the East Bay. Uh, one is La Perla, um, no surprise because it is a Puerto Rican restaurant, and I uh, get to get a little taste of home if my mother's not around to cook for me, uh, which she still is occasionally. And, uh, and I really love the 4th of July parade uh, that Alameda has. It's one of the longest, I think, one of the longest uh, parades in the history of, of the state of California and maybe even in the nation. Uh, and every year it's a perfect melding in, of people coming together, uh, different cultures, experiences, backgrounds, uh, political points of view, all embodied in a, you know, in a parade that's beautiful to be a part of. One of my first memories in politics was being a part of uh, the March on Washington in uh, when I was 16 years old to support and recognize the importance of protecting our reproductive freedom and our reproductive rights. Had my mother make sure I knew how to put ID, my ID in my pocket so that uh, in the event of arrest, I would uh, people would know who I was uh, and was proud to be able to stand by her and my fellow women and uh, men allies to be able to ensure that we protected our bodies and had a right to our body, something that today we're still fighting for, unfortunately. Um, And then I went on in Alameda and uh, throughout the East Bay to focus on activism through service and participating in a lot of uh, actions for sure, but really working in the nonprofit sector to make sure that we had the resources and opportunities that we needed. One of my proudest memories was uh, standing behind President Obama, more recently as a part of a social justice group that was focused on immigrant rights and immigrant protections at the time, uh, and really calling even Obama to task in, in focusing on making sure that we had increased rights and opportunities for immigrants. As I was a mother of three, I had an opportunity to really see what was happening in our own schools and uh, on the heels of Trump becoming a uh, President recognized the importance of making sure that we were all educated and uh, that our critical discourse needed to be elevated and that our schools had a really important piece of doing that and uh, decided to run for school board in 2018 uh, where I got the privilege of being able to support uh, nearly 10,000 students in our school district in Alameda. And um, and then as uh, uh, the former assembly member, who is also my partner in life and partner in service, got an opportunity to become our attorney general, I uh, really saw the need to continue on with focusing on issues related to education and homelessness and housing and uh, really addressing some of the critical issues that we were facing, particularly in the time of COVID and uh, decided to run for California State Assembly in a special election and was uh, very excited to be elected in 2021. Coming into the Assembly, some of my top priorities are what's important to our district and clearly for the state of California, uh, making sure that we have a lot of affordable housing and addressing the housing crisis that we're in. We know that the face of homelessness is changing and that we haven't attended enough to mental health provision services and supports. Uh, And economic vitality, which has left so many of our uh, neighbors and my constituents unhoused. And so affordable housing and homelessness is a key area for me. Obviously, education is a passion for me, something that I know that will make sure that we have an opportunity to lift up every single child, Uh, making sure that we have an opportunity to address the needs of children and working families, In that is incredibly important for me. And uh, ensuring that we're doing our part, uh, more than our part, uh, to be able to address the climate crisis that we are are facing down right now. So I know uh, in the state of California, uh, we have an opportunity to ensure that the entire nation is looking west to deal with some of the critical issues that we're facing in climate change, climate action, uh, education, housing. And uh, and I'm super excited to be uh, one of the newest assembly members to make sure that everyone in the country uh, can look West.
0: The assembly democratic caucus continues to be the most diverse caucus in California history and continues to work each day to improve the lives of every Californian. I'm Lauren Macias. Thanks to our new members, Isaac Bryan, Dr. Akila Weber, and Mia Bonta for being part of this episode of Look West. And thanks to all of you for listening.
2: The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.